Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Colby Olson, joined by my co-host, Clay Snowden. We're here to give you the best fantasy coverage possible, not waste your time, get right into it. We're going to be going over catcher rankings today. We're going to be doing the top 10. Then later this week, we're going to be doing, you know, kind of the sleepers and, and guys outside of the top 10 that we're interested in. But first, I want to introduce my co-host, Clay. What's going on, dude? Couldn't be better, man. Uh, you know, putting together the top 10 catcher list was a little bit more difficult than I realized it would be. There, there are some great names on, on, on this list. I know that we'll talk about a lot of guys later in the week as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, catchers kind of used to be like the purgatory of yeah. the fantasy draft because there just weren't that many great offensive options. But in, you know, in recent years, the, the you know, catcher prospect crop has really flourished. There's still guys that are coming up. There's a lot of rookies um, on this list that probably won't be in the top 10. There actually are some rookies in the top 10, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, But yeah, let's get right into it, man. Let's start at number one. We're going to start at number one, JT Real Muto. He comes in pretty heavily number one right now. Um, His ADP is right around 33, 34. um, Well above Dalton Varsho, Will Smith, those guys below him. Um, and I think the question for JT Real Muto is, is his, is that price tag worth it? We know he's the number one catcher. You like it, it, there's not much argument there, right? He's coming off of an amazing year, hit 276, 22 home runs, 21 steals, which is unheard of from the catching position. But my, my main concern is that JT Real Muto is not worth the price tag, um, right? I, something you'll hear me reference on this podcast a lot is um, I've created these fantasy Z scores. So basically what that means is in a five by five league, you know, it's you're judged on average home runs, RBIs, runs, and stolen bases. You put a weight against each of those. And basically you can like figure out a player's full total value across those five categories into one score. Um, And so I ranked those players according to that score. JT Real Muto last year came in as the number 27 hitter. Um, and to me, it's like, do you believe that JT Real Muto can hit 22 home runs, steal 21 bags again with a very respectable average? Um, because that's what you're going to need in order for him to actually, you know, produce the value of a guy being drafted in sometimes the second round, you know, third round, top 35 pick. Yeah, and he was fantastic in 2022, career high in exit velo, career high in hard hit rate, the 11.3% barrel rate was much higher than his career average of 7.2. He was just on fire, highest career war of his entire career. And then I was just poking around the numbers and saw like each year it kind of goes good, mediocre, like 2017, 107 WRC plus. The next year, 127. Year after that, 107. Year after that, 124. After that, 108. Past year, 128. Kind of up and down. Um, but regardless, getting that plus 100 WRC plus out of a catcher is good. So it's a safe bet to take him. I just don't know if he's at that price. There's actually a guy on this list who we'll get to that I would probably want more. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I think we should just move on to the number two guy because they do share a lot of similarities. It, it is Dalton Barshow ranked number two. And I think there is like a clear, you know, you could argue that that Will Smith could be at number three, but Dalton Varshow is going to give you those stolen bases that JT yep. also gives you. Um, so last year, Dalton Varshow had an amazing year. He had had a coming out party, 22, 27 bombs, um, 16 stolen bases. He really did hurt you in the average department, 235 average. Um, and, and the underlying numbers, you know, could point to some regression. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't, th- again, he's going to, this is going to be his last year with catcher eligibility. He only caught 31 games last year. I don't think the blue Jays are going to use him at the catching position. Um, So it is kind of your last year that, and this is something of note for like a dynasty roster, right? His value is about to decrease after this year. Um, And right now he's being drafted well below JT real Muto. Um, He's being drafted, you know, right around the 50, 50 mark. Um, So I think for me, you know, he's still going to be that the Blue Jays lineup is going to be amazing. Um, so he's going to have plenty of RBI run um, production. He did hit 27 bombs last year. He's going to give you this, the stolen bases. The average is going to hurt you. But actually, by the Z scores, he was pretty, pretty darn close to what JT Muto produced last year um, at a much lower cost. So to me, if you're just basing it on like, if I want Dalton Varsho and JT Muto, I think I'm taking Varsho just at that value below JT Muto. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking he's going to take a step back this year. Um, I like the new lineup and what you said about run production and just better opportunities overall. However, he's not going to help you in average. Um, he doesn't get on base a ton. You know, he's not going to be drawing a bunch of walks or anything like that. His expected slugging was 389 and his actual slugging was 443. Um, I, I think that he ran into some luck and I do think he's a good player and he's definitely going to be worth one of the top catching positions. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a complete fall off or anything. There's still another guy on this list that I want above him. And I think that we'll get to him next. Yeah. I, you know, what's interesting before we move on is that a lot of these projections love him, right? The bad yeah. acts, for example, and steamer all have him producing either what he did last year or above what he produced last year, which is crazy. Don't to see it. Right. The underlying numbers are not there. A 35% hard hit rate. He does hit the ball in the air, and he also does pull the ball. He had a 54% pull rate last year. I mean, like, talk about a guy that, you know, I don't I don't really put too much stock into the whole shift thing, especially for, you know, I, I don't put much stock in the, into the shift thing, the new shift rules, um, really making a difference, but it could for him. Yeah. It really could. It could. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to number three. Will Smith comes in at number three for us. Um, and he's kind of a different guy, right? Because he, he leads with his bat first. The two guys we just talked about are stolen base monsters. Will Smith gets it done in a different way. 260 last year, 24 bombs, 87 RBIs in this Dodgers lineup. Yeah. Um, and only 68 runs, which I, which I think he could improve on as well. Um, but he's a beast to me. When I look at him, you're, you're going to get 20, 25 home runs. A super high on base with a high walk rate, a low strikeout rate. Um, last year his WRC plus was 127. That was a career low, actually. Um, I just don't see what the hole is in his game offensively. Like as a fantasy player, I would much rather have him than the two names that we've already listed. Now, the those players are great, don't get me wrong, but like 
I just like the consistency from him. I like that in my catcher spot. I don't think that there's a huge fall off. Like a bad year for him is not going to be disastrous. Like it's still going to be a well above average year. I think it's a safe bet with upside. That Dodger lineup is still great. Um, I I think that's the guy who I'm going to be targeting. It's funny because I feel the complete opposite about his price right now. I think his price is absolutely insane. And it's it's really just be like I know like I know the consistency of Will Smith. I you do yeah. know what you're getting. Um, but I just feel like I'd rather take somebody else that's a non-catcher at this price point. Like other guys that are going around him right now, Carlos Rodon, Max Scherzer. Um, Zach Wheeler, like yeah. you know, Luis Robert, guys with a lot of upside, um, but also, you know, I, I feel like I can find value at this deep catching position more than I can find like a guy like Luis Robert or Carlos Brown later yeah. draft. Um, so for me, like it's it's not so much that I don't think that Will Smith is going to be good this year. It's more just basing it around the price of Will Smith right now, um, right? Will Smith last year, he had an amazing year, but he still finished as like the 66th ranked fantasy player um, right? or hitter that is. So um, that's kind of my takeaway from it, but we can move right along into number four because this, this guy might be my favorite guy at this position. Um, and it's Adley Rutschman um, who just went out of his mind last year man out of his mind he came up maybe struggled for like a week or two before just going off like if you look at the last two months of his season last year he had like a 160 wrc plus this guy doesn't strike out he's gonna hit for a higher average than he did last year i can almost guarantee that he hits for a higher average than 254 Mm -hmm. um and he has a lot of juice in this bat i think you know he only hit 13 bombs in 113 games i think there's more juice in that bat um and he had 70 runs I, I love Rushman where he's being drafted in, in, you know, you know, 60 to 70 um, there's pedigree here and it's like, he's a hyped up prospect, but I still yeah. don't think we've, we've even realized the hype yet. I mean, a rookie came in and walked a 13% clip struck out less than 20% of the time, had the plate discipline. Right. And I just think that there's going to be improvements from year one to year two, in addition to what we already saw. And he's a, he's a good base runner. Um, he's not going to steal a bunch of bases or anything, but overall, I think they he could do well in that run production going forward. Um, spray gaps, like that's the type of guy that I could see next year. T- talking right now, him being at or near the top. Yeah, I think there's a couple factors to the play into it. Is well, first I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on the after the All Star break last year. So, 288 play, plate appearances, almost 300 plate appearances. 275 average with eight bombs, 45 runs, and three stolen bases. Um, it's a really well-rounded profile, but I also think that this Orioles lineup is going to improve into next year with Gunnar Henderson being in there full-time. Kyle Stowers, Ryan Mountcastle, I think, is going to take a step forward this year. Like, this Orioles lineup is going to be really, really strong. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me for Adley Rutschman to really push, like, 100 runs, 90 runs. Like, yeah. he, he really could have a, a, an amazing season next year. Um all right, let's switch gears. What are we up to now? Number five, we're moving on to number five here. Um, and I say switch gears because we're really, really switching gears. We're switching over to uh, Salvador Perez at number five, <laughs> who is coming off of quite a disastrous season um, last year. You know, he was he did not play at the level that he should have. He had 48 yeah. bombs in 2021. He regressed last year 
really because of injury. Um, he's 32 years old now. He's coming off of this thumb injury that, you know, you could tell really bothered him last year. Um, like this, he's still a guy that's going to drive in a ton of runs. I just, my reason I don't like Salvador Perez, um, and I think I, we've ranked him below the consensus here, is because of those injury concerns and him getting older. And the profile yeah. is just weird, Clay, right? Like 23% yeah. K rate, but three, 4% walk rate. It's just like, I don't know if I trust the power returning as much too. No, so he's going to hit 22 to 30 home runs. That's what he's done in his career besides 2021 when he went off. I mean, what we really are seeing is Salvador Perez pre-2021. He doesn't walk at all. Um, he's not going to, you know, run the base as well. He's probably going to DH some. He was injured last year. I wonder what that he, he's had. He's only 32, but he's had some really like hard miles on him. You know, it, it, it's kind of like when you talk about like LeBron and like you got to count all the playoff games and playoff miles on LeBron when you talk about how long he's been around. I feel like um, Salvador Perez has had some like really hard miles put on him um, th- throughout his career behind the plate. So, I'm not a big fan. In a ma- matter of fact, I think I'm just going to avoid him in all of my drafts. Um, even if it is a good value, like I would rather chase upside with somebody who we'll talk about later this week. Yeah, I mean, just to play devil's advocate a little bit on Salvador Perez, um, he still hit the ball really hard last year. 49% hard hit rate is, you know, in the top 5 to 10% of the league. It's definitely in the top 5% of all catchers. Um, he also hit the ball in the air a ton last year, 46%. What, what really hurt him last year, I think, is the ball was different, right? In 2020 and 2021, he had a 25% home run to fly ball ratio, which is also at the yeah. top of the league, which it should be. He's hitting the ball hard. He hits the ball in the air a lot. Um, last year, it shrunk to 14.7%. But the caveat here is that 14.7% is kind of right in line with his career average of 14.7%. Yeah. So it's like... If you're drafting Salvador Perez, I think you have to buy into him returning back to that like 20 plus home run per fly ball ratio. If you're really thinking he could hit 40 home runs, which I don't believe. And that's the reason I'm going to stay away. Um, you know, Clay, I, I do want to switch it up here a little bit um, because we're right on the topic of the Royals. So we just ranked the Salvi at, um, what was that? Number five. I think let's jump to number seven quickly. Let's skip over number yeah. six real quick number six is Alejandro Kirk but let's come back to him because MJ Melendez comes in at seven I think it's like good that we talk about him right now we're talking about Salvi um and the reason I mean MJ Melendez is an amazing hitter and the reason I love him is one because of his price point but two because the guy can flat out rake yeah he almost led the minor leagues in home runs in 2021 he had no he did lead the, the yeah, minor yeah. home runs 41 home runs um, and then he came up last year and struggled a little bit, but he hit 18 home runs last year in his rookie season. With a, He's not going to hit for average. He hit 217 last year. That'll probably tick up a little bit. He strikes out. He walks a ton. He has a great approach. Um, and the power we saw from him last year, I think, is only the beginning at the major league level. Like This is a guy that, that does have 30 home run juice. He's going to get a ton of at-bats, whether it's behind the plate. They're going to play him in the outfield, kind of like a Dalton Varsho. He also has some speed. I think he could yeah. he could swipe five to seven bags, but back to his price point real quick. He's being taken 40 picks right now below Salvador Perez. So I think you're getting like a player almost of the caliber of a Salvador Perez, but at a much cheaper value. 
Yeah, and he's a high upside type of pick. Um, he needs to hit a little a little bit better off of breaking balls and off speed. But that's just the type of thing, like when you're a rookie and you're coming into year two, those are adjustments that you typically would see from someone with a talent like him. So I'm not too concerned. Those are the type of players I would rather have than Salvador Perez. Guys who could take the next step, but have also shown flashes of even if they don't take a huge step forward, they're still going to provide a baseline that that's solid. And he's the perfect example, depending on your leagues and whatnot. Um, he does have outfield eligibility as well, um, depending on how your leagues work, which is just half the value of Dalton Varsho, right? It's, it's his, his flexibility. Yeah, I mean, and he's going to be hitting leadoff in a Royals lineup that is really good um, at the top yeah. half. The top half of this lineup is really, really damn good. The rest of the team stinks. The pitching staff stinks. The, the bottom half of this lineup is atrocious. But you have some dudes in the top half, like Salvi, Vinny yeah. Pasquitino. You know, there, there's some really good hitters at the top of this lineup. So I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities to, to drive in runs, but also score a lot of runs. Um, but yeah, let's go back to number six because we skipped over Alejandro Kirk, who had quite Your a guy. Party. I, I, there were not many people higher on Alejandro Kirk coming into last year than myself. Um, and he paid dividends last year, right? He had 285. This dude is a contact machine. He's an anomaly as a hitter. Um, he, he doesn't strike out at all. He walks at a healthy rate, which isn't like, you know, I just like to see guys with good approaches, um, but he hits the ball really, really hard for a guy that makes a lot of contact. His hard hit rate last year was 45%. Um, and for a guy that makes a lot of contact, he didn't have or a lot of contact and, and hits the ball hard. He didn't, you know, have that many home runs. He only had 14 home runs. But I do think there's more power in this profile than what he showed last yeah. year. I think all it's going to take is just hitting the ball in the air a little bit more. Maybe the the baseball changes a little bit. Maybe he gets a few bounces in the right direction. Um, but you know, I'm I'm in love with this guy because I can always count on, on a profile where a guy's not striking out, but with power upside in a really good Blue Jays lineup. Um, so that's why we ranked him at six here. He's being taken right now um, around ADP 100. So actually, you know, you can get him um, below guys like Wilson Contreras. Um, so I, I think his value is really good where it's at, and I, I can trust the profile. Yeah, he actually had a higher walk rate than strikeout rate last year. And on Baseball Savant, which... You know, I'm sure most people know what that is, the the website. They do a thing called run values on pitches and how you hit against those pitches. And he had a positive run value for every single type of pitch that he saw this year. That just speaks volumes to how much of a pure hitter he actually is. The, the sky's the limit. There's no prospect behind him that's going to be needing at-bats. Uh, Dan, Danny Jansen's a really good backup, don't get me wrong, but they're going to find at-bats for Kirk pretty much every single day. And he's going to be the type of guy that I think a lot of people are going to draft early um, because of the year that he had. And they're kind of saying what we're saying, right? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes before some people that we've already, you know, talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, you know, you, you can be confident with a guy like that, especially because the lineup is so good in Toronto too. Um, and Kirk is a stable. They traded Gabriel Moreno for a reason because they had a surplus of catching um the catchers that is so I, he's gonna have a ton of playing time um but let's move on to to number eight now 
Um, and it's pretty crazy. Like this really does speak to how deep the catching position is because we're at number eight already. And these guys are still being taken as top 100 players. And, I, and I'm getting to a guy that, that, you know, is a really big name. Um, Wilson Contreras comes in at number eight and he's coming off what was a career year for him, you know, not necessarily from a fantasy perspective because he's kind of been the same player every single yeah. from a fantasy perspective. Like he really does hit 240 to 250 with like 60 runs, 60 RBIs and 20 bombs. Like go look at his fan graphs page and that is what you're getting. Um, which is why like, you know, maybe him moving to St. Louis, I think that's what we need to talk about here is, yeah. is, is going to help his fantasy value um, because he's joining a better lineup than, than that Cubs lineup last year. Um, can Paul Goldschmidt, can Nolan Arenado, can those other guys in that Cardinals lineup kind of boost his value to drive him in more so he can score more runs, get more RBIs. Um, I think that's the question because I think, you know, his average, his power output, like kind of is what it is at this point. Um, but is that something you believe? Like, do you think that the Cardinals lineup pushes him, you know, to the next level? It's definitely a better lineup than what he has seen the past couple of years in Chicago. So I, I do think that there's a little bit of something to dream on there with the, you know, okay, he's in a better lineup. There's going to be more run production. Um, he's he's going to play. I mean, le- like you said, it's almost like, he's just printed his stats before the year and just like handed here, 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 here's what you do this year. It's pretty consistent. Um, he plays about 125 games most years. So, you know, I don't know, like depending on your league and whatnot, if you want a player who you might think will get more playing time, um, just, you know, injuries and days off for him. Now that could change. You're in a new organization. We don't know what that's going to look like as well. This is a team that ran Yachty out there for a million years, like every single day. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see there, but yeah, if he's the number eight and you think of just how productive he's been in his career, like this is a deep position. It's a really, really deep position. I mean, all of the guys we've, we've talked about are being drafted, you know, basically inside the top 100 MJ Melendez is actually being drafted right outside the top 100 right now at 104 ADP. But you know, the, the three names that we really just talked about, um, are all being drafted right around each other. MJ, Alejandro Kirk, and Wilson Contreras are being drafted within five picks of each other. So, like, you know, you're you're kind of splitting hairs here. Like, I think, you know, you can't really go wrong with a lot of these guys. Um, but right. you just gotta pick your spots and pick your value, which is why I was saying earlier about like why pass on a Will Smith type guy? Because you can get somebody that that might be close to as good, not as good as Will Smith, but like close to as good as Will Smith you know, 50 picks later so that you can draft another guy in that spot instead of Will Smith, right? It's like fantasy is all about finding value and, and, and finding value above ADP. Um, right. So let's move to number nine. And um, it's Sean Murphy, who is another guy that is, has changed scenery. Um, he's moving over from Oakland to Atlanta, which again, I think is going to be yeah. for his fantasy value. You're leaving, you know, not only one of the worst lineups in baseball, but you're leaving one of the worst ballparks to hit in, in baseball. Um, so just like a refreshing, you know, new scenery for him in both ways, lineup and stadium, I think is going to be huge. Um, this is a guy I was, I was high on going into last year because he hits the ball really hard. Um, he hits the ball in the air, um, you know, 18 bombs last year, 250 average, which we had never really seen from him. Yeah. And he actually underperformed his ex-Woba. So I do think there's more in the tank for him. 
Um, and he decreased his strikeout rate, like all good signs from Sean Murphy as a 27 year old. Now it's like, you're entering your age 28 season. This is usually when we see guys start to peak. Um, and he's in the perfect place to do it in this Braves lineup. Um, the other good thing about Sean Murphy is his price is cheaper than those other guys. I just mentioned at, at 146 ADP. So you're getting him, you know, well below or well, yeah, well below where like an Alejandro Kirk is, is getting drafted. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to be so good in this Braves lineup. And everything you said, I, I'm, I'm just going to echo that, really. I mean, better ballpark, better team around him. Um, and the other thing is, and this is not a knock on Oakland at all, but, like, everybody seems to succeed when they go to Atlanta, right? Like, everyone's doing well. Whatever's in the water there, whatever they're teaching, whatever. Like, if there's a spot that he could go, there's few better than Atlanta. If there's a little bit of untapped potential still there, like they're going to find it. So yeah, in in terms of the back half of the top 10, he's definitely one to target. Um, What we didn't bring about Sean Murphy is his massive ass too. Dude has a dumb. <laughs> it was a very strange day on Twitter when you got on and it was just Sean Murphy's butt leaning into a baseball and being memed. That was a bizarre day. <laughs> a freaking dumb truck. Um, so we're going to close out the top 10 here. It's very fitting um, that we talk about the guy that that was traded for Sean Murphy, um, William Contreras, who's being sent to the Brewers. Um, and William Contreras, the, you know, I think this was one where we went back and forth. Like, do we put Sean Murphy ahead of William Contreras? Do we put William Contreras ahead of Sean Murphy? Like, they're it's splitting hairs here. Um, but I think ultimately Sean Murphy is above William Contreras just because um, – you know, we haven't seen William play a full season yet. Um, and that's my question. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about a guy who put up exit velos over 115 last year. You're talking about a guy who had 20 home runs and less than 400 plate appearances. Now, I, I love the move by Milwaukee to bring him in because they needed to catch her. And I thought that fit well. They've had a sneaky good offseason, actually, but I really liked that move. Now, what's going to happen when he's there every day? We know that he strikes out quite a bit. Is he going to improve, or are or pitchers going to kind of figure him out more where they could sit him against certain matchups last year because he didn't need to be an everyday player? The power's real, right? 20 home runs and less than 400. There's no way to dodge it. The power's real. Can we see it in a larger sample size, something we still have yet to see in, in the span of his career. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I think it is something to dream on for him, right? 20 bombs in 97 games is is pretty unreal. Um, you know, my only question too, you look at his Fangraphs page from last year, right? He had 278. I do not see that happening with when, when you're a guy that has a 28% strikeout rate, you're striking out way too much to be hitting 278. So I could see that dipping. I mean, most of his projections are right around anywhere from 243 to 250. Um, average like maybe he'll outperform it because guys that hit the ball hard you know can outperform their metrics obviously right but yeah I think I think you know if if you're um, a little bit more um, or less risk averse then William Contreras might be your guy over a Sean Murphy because he has that insane upside where this is a young catcher that just completed his rookie year and now it's like year two does he take it to the next level in Milwaukee? I don't know, um, but he could. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that'll do it. Top 10 catcher rankings. This was just fantasy baseball. Thank you for listening. 
we're going to dive right into Catcher Sleepers next episode. Thanks, y'all, for listening.